Hi, everybody. My name is Matt Rappold, and welcome to Midtown Conversations. How many times have you been out for a walk around your neighborhood and seen a quaint little house perched on a post at the end of someone's drive? Maybe you've even opened up that house to peek inside. Well, no, they're not giant birdhouses, nor are they mansions for our burgeoning squirrel population. Rather, these tiny structures are actually part of the world's smallest, but also its widest, library network. They are called Little Free Libraries, and they operate solely on goodwill. Free of charge, no card required. Well, today on Midtown Conversations, you will hear from a Midtown KW resident named Dinah Murdoch, who has noticed a problem with our own little free library network here in Kitchener-Waterloo. She's raised more than $4,000 and collected over 700 books in the past year to help solve this problem. Today on the program, the story behind KW Little Free Diverse Libraries, and part one of my conversation with Dinah Murdoch. Welcome to Midtown Conversations. My name is Matt Rappelt, and today I'm joined by Dinah Murdoch, the founder of Kitchener-Waterloo Little Free Diverse Libraries. Great to have you here, Dinah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is fun. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here, and let's get right into it. So we're talking about Little Free Libraries today, and I've seen those on my walks around the city, but maybe there are some listeners here who aren't quite sure what a Little Free Library is, so... Why don't you tell us and explain to the listeners exactly what is a Little Free Library? For sure. So Little Free Libraries are anybody can have one and build one. It's just you've probably seen them around. They look like little houses or like sort of oversized mailboxes. They're usually on someone's front lawn uh, close to the sidewalk. And they have sort of a loose take a book, leave a book. Uh, philosophy. So people can wander by, open them up, see what there is. And if there's anything there that they might enjoy taking, they can take it. And then maybe another day, they might uh, drop something off that they're finished with. So it's very uh, easygoing sort of a um, philosophy with them. And they're all over the world. And I, 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 I can't say this with certainty, but I do feel like we have more of them in Kitchener-Waterloo than maybe in other places. And I actually live in Midtown and, you know, just from my house, I can think of in sort of like a three or four block radius. I can think of about eight or nine of them. Actually, there are a lot of them in my neighborhood, other neighborhoods less so, but we seem to have a lot of them here. Yeah. I mean, my partner and I do walks pretty regularly around Midtown and we live quite close to the Belmont Village area and we seem to see a lot of them out there. So it seems like the idea of little free libraries is really catching on here in Waterloo. And I mean, in Midtown and I'm sure in other spots around the city as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, they're a lot. They're fun. They're a fun way to to share books for sure. Well, so tell us a little bit about your experience with Little Free Libraries. When did you start getting interested in them as a concept? And when did you start thinking about them as being more than just fun little boxes on people's driveways? Well, you know, I there's a bunch of them in my neighborhood, as I said, and I've interacted with them here and there. And I have two children. They're 11 and 9 now, but, um, and, you know, still very interested in books, just a different caliber of books than maybe when they were younger. But we certainly used to find you know, sticky dinosaur books in there that we would bring home in the stroller and um, 
Uh, and now if they're into certain series, they might find, um, you know, one that they haven't read yet and a little free library, they get pretty excited about those. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, maybe a year ago, I had a thought or two to myself uh, that they really do not have a great caliber of books. And <laughs> I mean, they do tend to become a dumping ground for stuff that nobody wants to read you know sometimes you find like really ridiculous manuals and like uh 70s textbooks although you know there's something for everyone out there i'm sure some people are into 70s textbooks but there tends to be you know not a lot of stuff and you know then it, that led me to sort of thinking too about what i put into little libraries and oftentimes i save the best things that I've enjoyed the most, either to sit on my bookshelf at home or to share directly with people that I can, you know, that I exchange books with friends and family. But I didn't really think of anything more than that. Um, so I, I had had that thought in the past. And then I guess it was just in June of this year that I was inspired to start the local version of Little Free Diverse Libraries. So a local version, is your organization a part of a broader cross-Canada or global movement? Yeah, so the movement was started by a woman named Sarah Kamya. She is a um, school counselor in New York City. Um, she uh, was living at her parents' place in Arlington, Massachusetts, back during lockdown in the spring last year. And um, she would go for walks every day, which a lot of us did <laughs> in spring last year. And uh, had, there was a little free library in her neighborhood. And when she was looking through it, often on her walk, she kind of thought to herself, you know, it'd be great if we could come up with a way of getting some more diverse books into these little libraries. Like it's a lot of James Patterson and Nora Roberts and um, dusty paperbacks by, you know, white folks. So she kind of got thinking about that and the wheels started turning and she uh, just hopped into it and she's been wildly successful with it in the States. So that was in uh, early June. It was shortly after the murder of George Floyd. And, you know, there was a lot of social uprising happening around anti-black racism and the timing was right for her, I think, um, especially, you know, having been off of work from teaching. So I was came across her somehow on Instagram and I thought like, just what a great idea. Um, and I feel like that's definitely something that we could do here. And, you know, I think she's had a lot of people start sort of local versions. I know there's a woman in Toronto doing something similar and somebody in the GTA, there's an Ottawa chapter, I guess you could call it. And there's people all over the States that are sort of following suit and joining in the ranks. So yeah, so I thought, well, we could do that in Kitchener Waterloo. We've got lots of little free libraries. So let's hop to it. So like its name suggests, Kitchener Waterloo Little Free Diverse Libraries is all about increasing diversity and representation within the picture books and other types of books you might find in a little free library. And it's interesting that you bring mm -hmm. up the social and political circumstances that occurred last year. I mean, in June, we had about 30,000 people or more than that marching in downtown Kitchener mm -hmm. in support of Black Lives Matter. Why is representation so important? And why are little free libraries the right vehicle to use in order to increase this representation here in our Kitchener-Waterloo community? 
Yeah, I was at that um, solidarity march with my kids and my husband, and it was so powerful. And I, you know, the timing for me just left me feeling like I just can't do nothing anymore. You know, like I think, you know, we read these things in the news and we think this is awful. This is awful. And it just like over and over and over again. And I just started to feel more and more inclined to need to take some, some sort of action to do something. Um, and then this crossed my path, this idea, thanks to Sarah. And I was just so happy to, to take the reins and not really know where it was going to go. So, so that's what I did. And, um, yeah, so, you know, representation is so important. I mean, um, I'm an elementary teacher. I teach at a very diverse school. We have many different languages spoken. And, um, you know, I feel like these children need to see themselves in the books they read. Um, and adults do too, right? Like, you know, it's important to learn about other people's experiences and develop empathy. That's wonderful. But also people need to be able to read a book and feel like, oh, you know, this validates my own experiences. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just got a new picture book today. It's called Parker Looks Up. And she, it's a children's picture book about a little girl who goes to the portrait uh, gallery in Washington and uh, you know, sees all these different paintings and doesn't think too much of it. And um, then she comes across this enormous portrait of Michelle Obama, and she's completely transfixed. She's a little black girl. Um, and all of a sudden, this, you know, she realizes like, wow, like, look at this powerful black woman. And, you know, I can do great things. And she wants to know more about who she is and what has she done. And, you know, it, that's such a lovely story. And there's so many like that. So, you know, I just feel like, yeah, people need to see themselves in the books they read. And um... absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you read quite frequently with students in your line of work. And it's so important that they see themselves in the books and media that they read and have authors and characters with whom they can relate to. I know myself having taught in schools in the past that Sometimes the books that you might find in a school library were published maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago before our current understandings of representation came into effect. So I think there is some work that needs to be done. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm in an interesting role in that I teach early literacy. So I'm helping um, grade one students learn how to read. So we start with very, very simple, very basic books. And we're sort of limited in what we can read in that I can't, I don't read books to children very often at all. I more listen to them read. And so these little easy reader texts are, um, there's not a ton of room for, you know, interesting storylines. <laughs> but, but we are careful when we're looking at them. We, you know, we think about, you know, who are the characters in these little books? Um, because we, you know, we do have the opportunities to buy new ones from time to time. And it's important to us that you know, we, that we put them, you know, when we buy books that we have that lens, you know, of who are these children going to see when they're reading the books? The reality is that many of the children that are not reading these books are not white. And, you know, actually school libraries are becoming amazing places. And the school board is doing wonderful things in terms of equity and inclusion and diversity. And um, yeah, nowadays we've got great books in school libraries really great. All these great books that are coming across my doorstep are also 
in our school libraries. So that's good to see. Great. That's fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about the KW Little Free Diverse Library organization itself. How do books go from being in stores or on people's shelves to going through you and to the Little Free Libraries? Yeah, good question. So I look for people to donate in a couple of ways. So um, uh, they can just donate money. So I accept money through PayPal or um, e-transfer. And then um, if I get cash donations, I like to spend cash at, uh, I spend half of it approximately at uh, local independent bookstores. So Wordsworth gets a lot of business. And I've also um, uh, been able to support some of the used bookstores locally, which is great. Um, and then approximately half of the cash goes to uh, black or indigenous owned bookstores um, in Southern Ontario. So there's a, um, two or three um, black owned bookstores in Toronto, Brampton and the GTA. And there's a great um, indigenous owned bookstore uh, on First Nations called Good Minds. And so they've all been wonderful and supportive. And so I love to be able to support those businesses. Um, but I do have a big book registry on indigo so it look, works kind of like a wedding registry i just add titles there's like over 400 titles on there now and people can also go on sometimes people want to donate a specific title or they want to donate in a way that's easy so they can go on choose what they want from the registry and it gets shipped right to me and then sometimes people just go through their own collection at home and send me a message and say i have two or three books i'd like to donate and then i'll give them my address and they can drop it on my porch. So those are the main three ways that I seem to have accumulated books. And then I label them all um, because I, you know, it's a good way to draw attention to the project for sure. So I had a rubber stamp made that has some information about the project along with the website and uh, explain sort of the philosophy behind the Little Free Diverse Libraries. I stamp and label all the books and then uh, into my trunk they go eventually and then off I go so I've um, managed to get a hold of a map but there is actually a Kitchener Waterloo little free library map yeah there is it is actually pretty outdated from what I understand I think it's a few years old um, so there is actually a world map of Little Free Libraries because you can register your Little Free Library. I think you pay $35 or something if you build one and you want it registered. And then they'll send you a little plaque with um, like a registration number and then it goes on the world map of Little Free Libraries. So yeah, so the Little Free Library map has been a great place to start. And then sometimes I'll come across some that aren't on the map and then, you know, inevitably I'll probably miss some. Uh, although I don't like to admit that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing you and a swarm of neighborhood kids with wagons out pulling these beautiful, diverse picture books all around the city, you know, filling all the little libraries. There has been some of that. Yeah, there has been some of that. Maybe not wagonfuls, but certainly there has been some, you know, in my bike basket and that sort of thing. Well, this is such an exciting project, Dinah. And I'm wondering what the community response has been. I mean, from neighbors or city councillors or educators or people all over the city? What have they been saying about this? It's been really positive. Yeah, it's been so positive. And, you know, it's been overwhelming, the support. Like, I, I think, you know, it's close to $4,000 just in cash donations that I've raised now since June. Um, just, and, you know, none of that has been a lump sum, like an enormous lump sum. That comes from like $100 here and $20 there. 
people, $10, like people, it's been wonderful. People just are so happy to give. And in addition to that, I think we're up to like 800 books now. Um, probably 700 of them have gone out to little free libraries in Kitchener-Waterloo and the, the other 100 are in my living room probably waiting to go out. So it's wonderful. And, you know, people, the, my favorite thing is when someone will tag me on social media that, you know, they found a great book in one of these libraries. Um, and by far the best message I've gotten just came a couple of days ago from a woman who's black who grew up in Kitchener Waterloo and said she feels the repercussions in her own life of having grown up here uh, with a lack of representation in books and movies and the teachers that she had at school and you know doctors and um, you know everything so she's just thanked me for the work that i'm doing and you know gosh that's what it's all about right there right that's great now i'm curious has there ever been a response from the people who own the little free libraries around town do they ever say anything to you oh yeah yeah for sure yeah some people have uh messaged me uh, on social media to say thanks for stopping by my library or you know tagged a picture of a book or that sort of thing um so yeah That was part one of my conversation with Dinah Murdoch, founder of Kitchener-Waterloo Little Free Diverse Libraries. In part two of our conversation, Dinah and I will talk more about the community response to this project and also do a lightning round in which we explore a little bit about her own reading habits. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll chat soon on Midtown Conversations. Midtown Conversations.